The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. You know, unless you're wearing Philly red or you're, you're a Philly, they don't like you. You know, and I love that. Philly, man. They, they hate you. Oh, welcome to the Ringers. Philly special. Shiel Kapadia. You know, I texted ace producer Cliff Augustine yesterday. I said, we'll do a pod after game seven either way. Either it will be a celebration or it will be a funeral. And guess what? It is a funeral. The Phillies blow the NLCS in stunning fashion. That's the, I mean, how else can you even describe it? The run is over. They lose to the Diamondbacks 4-2 in game seven. This team was up 2-0 going to Arizona. Then even after a shaky three games there, they were up 3-2 coming to Citizens Bank Park where they felt unbeatable this postseason, the last two postseasons. And what happens? They lose to the Diamondbacks four of five to end the series. They are not going to the World Series. Uh, 
the season's over in what feels like a, a snap of your fingers. The season is suddenly over. Listen, I'm not going to do a bunch of categories uh, tonight. You don't need to dissect and relive every moment uh, of that game seven. What's the point? I'm not in the right headspace. You're not in the right headspace. I just went to the fridge, looked around. What can I eat here at uh, like midnight? Got a little, there was some gnocchi in there, you know, got some of that, put some blush sauce on. Didn't even warm it up. Just bam, just shoved it in my mouth. Didn't feel right to warm it up uh, in this situation. You kind of want to feel some of the, like, like it can't be a great meal. It's got to be something that makes you feel bad about yourself. So I think uh, that did the trick. Hopefully you indulged in some emotional eating. Let's just get to the big question. I mean, the big question here is how did this happen? How did a team that was steamrolling its opponents for the first eight games of the playoffs, I mean, just steamrolling, not one run games, crushing their opponents, including, by the way, the juggernaut Atlanta Braves, killing the Atlanta Braves. How does that team lose four or five to the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that had fewer wins than the Phillies in the regular season? So that's really what this is about. How, how will you remember this team? How did this happen? And I'm looking at two things right here. Okay. The first is the bats went ice cold. Uh, there's no two ways around it. I mean, you had a chance to close this thing out at home. Again, you're up 3-2 at home for two games, and you score a total of three runs. It's not going to get it done. You cannot win games like that when you score a total of three runs in two games. Game three, you score one. Uh, so in three, of the, in three of these losses... Three of the four losses in the series, you scored one or two runs. You can't win like that. I mean, the offense was on fire previously. They were hitting home runs night after night. When you stop hitting home runs, all of a sudden, it all dries up. Nick Castellanos goes 0 for 18 uh, after game two. Trey Turner goes 2 for 19 after game two. Johan Rojas goes 2 for 14 after game two. As a team, they hit 197 after game two. Of this series. So the team that was just killing everybody, they couldn't score a run. Uh, tonight, one one for 10 with runners uh, in scoring position in this game. You know, they had opportunities in this game offensively to really, I felt like, take control, get back in there. Fourth inning, Stott has the huge hit, Real Muto singles, two on, one out. Castellanos strikes out. Castellanos was, man, he was just major slump. He had the stretch earlier. Five home runs and eight at bats in the postseason. He's a hot and cold player, you know. Uh, Rob, Rob Thompson said it uh, after the game. You know that's kind of what we've seen. We saw pre All Star break Castellanos. We saw post All Star break break. I can't speak. Bake break. I'm not in the right headspace. You couldn't speak either if you were trying to do this. All right, sorry. I'll settle down. Uh, he, she, you know, he, he just couldn't get a hit. It, after after that home run he had earlier uh, in the series. So he strikes out there in the fourth, and then Johan Rojas is up, and he's not in there for his offense. I mean, when he gets a hit, it feels like a legitimate surprise. He's basically been uh, an automatic out. His defense has been fantastic. You don't really expect to have to count on him to hit the ball, uh, and he strikes out with the bases loaded there. So that's the fourth inning. Fifth inning, you know, Schwarber leads it off with a double. You're thinking, all right. You got to get one here. Kyle Schwarber, leadoff double. You're in good shape. Trey Turner, awful ground out. Does not even move Kyle Schwarber over to third base. Bryce Harper crushes one 
to the warning track, just missed it. You know, Bryce, I'm, I'm not going to come on here and crush Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper got bad luck tonight. I mean, he he crushed uh, two of those balls, really, I think. had uh, No one wants to hear me try out expected batting average numbers tonight. I know that much, but <laughs> those two balls he hit, I think they were both over like 590, 630, something like that. This one to the warning track, that's a home run, uh, I think, in one park. So uh, he got bad luck. The point is, if Trey Turner moves Schwarber over to third, that's going to score a run that Bryce Harper fly out. Uh, instead, it it doesn't. And then Alec Bohm ends the inning. Uh, he pops up. So you just waste Schwarber on second base in the fifth inning. And then in the seventh, I mean, this really felt like their chance. Pache walks. Schwarber walks. Two on, one out for Trey Turner. Ginkle comes in. Turner flies out. You know what? I still felt like Bryce Harper has come through in these situations so many times Two on, two out, down 4-2. What better way to go to the World Series than with a Bryce Harper seventh inning home run? It puts you up 5-4, and all of a sudden, uh, that place is a party, and everyone's feeling good. He's come through so many times. He didn't come through that time. Uh, he flied out. It's baseball. It happens. But man, after that seventh inning, after they wasted that and came away with no runs, it felt over. I mean, they were only down two runs with two innings left where usually we've watched this team all season long. How many come from behind wins have they had? Uh, you know, they, they were doing this consistently, but for some reason, that was really the point, I think. After that seventh inning, I think that was the first time I really let it sink in that they could lose. They could blow this. They could not be playing any more baseball after tonight. I think up until that point, Bryce, I still felt like, you know what? They've still got a run in them. Uh, they can come back on this Diamondbacks team, uh, but it didn't happen. I mean, the eighth inning, Alec Bohm strikes out, and he just slams, breaks his bat in half there uh, on the field. It's like, you know, you're st you're only down two runs and you still have five outs. But I felt that way. Like, I felt I, I don't blame him. I kind of felt the way uh, he did when he slammed his bat there. So uh, I think, again, when we look back, years from now, and we say, why did they lose this series? I think that's going to be a big part of it. The bats just went absolutely ice cold. Uh, they were a streaky team all season. I, I remember uh, it was either on the podcast or tweeting it out or whatever, or probably both, just feeling like at one point in August, I would go from one night of saying, I am convinced this team is winning the World Series, to the next night being like, you know what? It's just not their year. They don't have it. I was thinking about that tonight because that's what this series was. I mean, after two games, you were convinced that they were not only winning this series, but that they were winning the next series. It was meant to be. They had all the guys. They were built for it. This was their year. And then the second half of the series or whatever, the last uh, two games of the series, it's like, how did this team even get this far? I mean, you watch the team the last two nights. It's like, how did they even get this far? They couldn't get a hit. Uh, they got outplayed in these last two games uh, so thoroughly. So uh, that is the big picture. Now, having said that, I'm sure some of you are saying, what are you talking about, Sheil? That's not what I'm going to remember from this series. I'm going to remember something completely differently. And I know what that's going to be. That's going to be the game or the moment that they blew it. That when you're talking with your friends, Years from now, friends, family, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, whatever. When you think about the 2023 Phillies and how the season ended, you're not going to bring up the, the bats going cold. You're not going to bring up the last two games. Your head and your mind is going to go right to game four. 
Game three, you lose 2-1. Okay, it happens. I mean, we see this in sports all the time. Best of seven series. One team's up 2-0, other team goes home. They win game three. That happens. But game four, at the seventh inning stretch of game four, you are up 5-2 in the baseball game. You are up 2-1 in the series. And you've got Zach freaking Wheeler on the mound the next day. I mean, that is a great place to be. Get nine outs. Don't give up three runs, and you are sitting pretty. You are going to the World Series. Now, seventh inning, uh, Orion Kirkering, you know, they had a bunch of guys pitch. Orion Kirkering gives up the run. Okay, fine. Go to the eighth. Eighth inning. You are up 5-3 in the game. You are up 2-1 in the series. You've got Zach freaking Wheeler on the mound the next day. You've got two remaining games at home in this series. Get six outs without giving up two runs, and you are sitting pretty. But what happened? We had the Craig Kimbrell meltdown that we all saw coming. Uh, I mean, that's it right there. That will be the moment, the inning, the player, the face of this. Craig Kimbrell, eighth inning, game four. Did they have chances to win it after that? Yes, no no doubt about it. I mean, again, you come home uh, 3-2 and have to win one game at home, you should win the series. However, I'm talking about how our minds work and what we're going to think about, and that's going to be the moment in the series that that we think it would be Craig Kimbrell in the eighth inning uh, of game four. And it's partially on Kimbrell. And then again, it goes to, well, how did Rob Thompson manage it? Did he take Christopher Sanchez out too early? Once you get to that point in the game, you don't have a lot of options, but if Sanchez pitches a little longer, then you do have some options. You can avoid Kimbrell. Kimbrell gave up the walk-off in game three. You don't want to see him in game four. You can tell by the tenor of my voice uh, that, yes, that that is, uh, <laughs> that is what will be on my mind for years to come when you think about this series. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, offer some more uh, leftover thoughts on this, on this game, on this series. Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. Listen, here's what you can do for your future bets. Sixers over under is 47 and a half. I plan on hate watching this team all season long, so I'm probably going to go with the under. Now, my producer, Cliff Augustine, he doesn't have that same negative energy in him, and he says he likes the over on the Sixers, 47 and a half. He thinks they can win 49 games. So figure out what your personality is. If you want to hate watch, go with me, go with the under. If you don't want to hate watch, go with Cliff and go with the over. Or you can do something else. Listen, You can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you will get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. All customers offer $5 NBA wager required. Limit one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See full terms for both offers at fanduel.com sportsbook. NBA League Pass. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a 
car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. Is this a post, I guess a post-mortem, right? Phillies, Philly season is over. Still feels weird to say. I was getting ready for World Series post-game pods all of next week. It was just like, all right, what do I got going on uh, Friday, Saturday, next week? Okay, let's make sure we schedule this out with my other responsibilities. Don't have to worry about it now. I don't know about everyone else. I'm assuming everyone else. I know I was talking to Cliff about this before we came on. Holy cow, the group chats got very dark in a hurry tonight. Any thread you were on talking about the Phillies, because this is what it turns to. I mean, as soon as the idea of them losing the series pops into your head, then it's, well, who do we blame? What went wrong? I hate this guy. I hate this guy. This guy sucks. Trade this guy. I mean, that's what happens. And I think that's not abnormal when a season comes to a screeching halt uh, like this. So uh, here's one from my buddy Lemur, who I think, well, yeah, we had him on after the last game of the World Series last uh, last season. Maybe I should have had him on uh, this one, but he makes an appearance via text saying, sometimes I envy people that don't care about sports. Oof, that's, it's getting, getting dark there, although he's not wrong. I think about this from time to time. Now, uh, listen, the interest keeps me employed. It keeps Cliff employed. It puts food on the table. So uh, please continue your interest in sports. At the same time, you don't, do you just sometimes think like, is this a waste of time? Why do I do this to myself? There are way more downs than ups. Uh, what if we all just went one year and said, you know what, instead of watching sports this year, anytime we would sit down to watch sports, let's just use that time to go uh, volunteer in our towns, in our cities, in our communities. I mean, what a way to improve the world. That would be, that seems like it would be a way better way to, to spend a life when all is said and done. Like, are you happy that you spent the three hours watching this Phillies, the Phillies blow it in game seven? You could have been out there doing something uh, to help people who need it. Just something to think about. I don't know why we do this uh, to ourselves. I always do talk about how sports fandom isn't just about winning championships. It's about the moments, the joy a team brings you. I say this constantly. I want a likable team. I want to sit down, watch, and be like, I'm glad I spent time with that team, even if they don't win a championship. Because most of the, most years, almost every year of your life, the teams you root for, they're not going to win the championship. They're not going to be the ultimate winner. You're either going to have uh, a terrible season. You're going to have a gut punch loss. You're going to have a, like think those things are going to happen. That's just the nature of how it works. 
I still do believe in that theory, that it is about the joy a team brings you, how likable a team is. Are they entertaining? Are you glad you spent time with them? But I got to say, I can't get there. I can't get to that like mindset with this Phillies team. Because with this Phillies team, I was really so confident that they were going to do it. And I know many of you listening felt the same way. Like this was a lot of times you watch a team and a team goes on a run and you kind of talk yourself into the team. There's like a, well, I hope, or it'd be nice. Or if X, Y, and Z happens, it's very, it's rare that you're in the playoffs rooting for a team. And you're like, no, no, no. I actually think the team I root for is the best team and has the best chance to win the championship. Like, I mean, you could probably take a second and think about think about it right now. Like, how many times in your life has that even happened? Like, it wasn't the case. My favorite team of all time is the 2001 uh, Sixers team with Allen Iverson, and that was not the case like this. That was like, a, I love this team. I'm going to talk myself into it. I think they can do it. Pull off the big upset as underdogs. But I wasn't like, they're better than the Los Angeles Lakers. They're going to beat Kobe and Shaq in the finals. No. I mean, if you're thinking about it objectively, of course that's not going to be the case. Even if you, you know, the, the, the 2017 Eagles team that you rooted for, you, you didn't feel that way with Nick Foles in the playoffs. Again, you were talking yourself into it. Now, in that case, it happened, but it is rare. Like this past Eagles team, you could, you could definitely make the case that that was probably one of them in your lifetime where you were like, you know what? I just think this team is just killing people. Like I think, I think the team I root for uh, has the best chance to win the championship. So that was one of them for sure. This was one of them for me, that this Phillies team. And I know they didn't win the division and I know they won 90 games. They didn't win 104 games. But at the point when you go two, uh, up 2-0 in the NLCS and the way you've played so far in the playoffs and how much you believe in the players on the team, that's at the point I was at. I just felt like they have it. They're winning the World Series. Even throughout this series, when they had their lowest moments, I swear, I kept thinking, you know what? They're just... Ma- this is how they operate. It's going to get a little rocky. It's going to get a little shaky, but they are so freaking resilient that if their backs are against the wall in a game seven at home, you're telling me these guys are not going to show up in a big way and win that game. And they're going to lose that game to Brandon Fott. No, that's not happening. I, I, just, I just felt like it wasn't happening. It happened. I, I guess that's why we watch. Uh, yeah, but I, I just can't get there. Like, I can't get to the uh, point in my mind where I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah, there were great moments. They entertained us. It was a likable group. Uh, right now, I'm like, who cares? Uh, that's irrelevant. They should have won this series. They should have won the World Series. So uh, check back with me maybe in a few months, and maybe I will have changed my tune there. But right now, I can't get there with, with this team, even though I still do feel that way about general sports fandom. All right, another thread I was on was with a friend of the show, Brad Rutter. We were kind of talking about where does this collapse rank in terms of like other Philadelphia sports collapses that we've seen in our lifetime. He and I both felt like this feels most similar to the Eagles losing to the Bucs 2002 season in the NFC Championship game. I, I think there are some really good parallels there to that loss and to this this loss. One, if you remember, Eagles had a great run the year before. They make it to the NFC Championship game uh, unexpectedly. They lose to the Rams. But 
it felt like, okay, this team's coming back in 2002. They're going to be awesome. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. The team was great. They go 12 and four. It's the last year of the vet. They're closing down the vet. You're thinking, this is a, what, a, what a great way to close it out. We're going to close it out with an NFC Championship game win that's going to send them to the Super Bowl. Uh, I went to that game, and I remember being so confident that week, the days leading up to that game, walking to the stadium, I felt so confident that they were going to win that game. Like The idea of them losing that game was not even within the realm of possibilities. Maybe it's because I was younger and like the Negadelphian and the worst case that like that had an all sort of, I mean, that was definitely a part of me, but for some reason, that game, that it just felt right. This is the time where they're going to do it. They're going to the Super Bowl. And then think about how that game started. You had the big Brian Mitchell uh, kickoff return to start the game. You have the, the Deuce Daly touchdown run. I mean, that place was shaking. I remember just jumping up and down uh, in the stands there with my dad. Like, if you would have asked me in that moment, I probably didn't have any money. I was going to say, you know, put your life savings on. But no, I, I had no money uh, at that point. Whatever. Put your most prized possessions on the line. Are the Eagles winning this game? Be like, yes, anything you want. I'll put anything on it. I will give you any odds. It's happening. And then they lose that game. And it's just like, okay, that's felt like the most depressing sports moment uh, of my lifetime right there, at least since uh, since Joe Carter when I was 10 years old. Uh, this kind of felt like that a little bit. And I think, the, I think the opponents, there's also a parallel there. Like that was the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like Eagles fans didn't really, you didn't really care uh, about the Tampa Bay Bucks. It's not like the Cowboys were coming to town. Here it's like the Arizona freaking Diamondbacks. Like, would you rather lose to a rival or a team that you can hate? This is just like the Bucks, the Diamondbacks. There are teams you wouldn't even think about, but now they own this piece of like real estate in your sports fandom forever. Where, where whenever you hear their team name or whenever they're you're, the Phillies or the Eagles play those teams, I mean, what do we see? We even saw it uh, this year, right? When they show the Rondé Barber clips when the Eagles play the Bucks. So uh, that's the parallel to me, just based on how confident. I think the fan base was in the team at the time of the game, how the early part, whether it was that first possession for the Eagles or the first two games for the Phillies in a best of seven, how well it started and how confident you were after it started that way. And then how it ended and how it just felt like, no, 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 that, that couldn't have just happened. I don't believe what I just saw. Uh, I, I must be, uh, this must be a nightmare. Uh, I'll wake up tomorrow and then the game will have not been played yet. That's kind of, that, that, that's how I see it with, uh, with those two. All right. Another message I got, uh, coach Flynn couldn't believe, uh, coach Flynn, of course, uh, also a friend of the pod, uh, couldn't believe Bryce Harper wore a Sixers jersey to the game. Now, I was not, by the way, I didn't get permission to uh, share any of these, but you know, I think most people in my life now uh, know that anything they say, text, message, whatever, you're, you're always on the record. I got a lot of space to fill here uh, with these podcasts. So if you want to be off the record, you're pretty much, it's, 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 if you're in my life, it's pretty much like when I'm interviewing an athlete or a coach, unless you say off the record, you're on the record. So I'm glad that's out there now to anyone who has an issue with it going forward. Uh, those are going to be the rules in my life. So say off the record, if you don't want me to share, otherwise I might share the Sixers Jersey. I was a little, uh, confused by this one. Cliff, I need you to jump in here um, on the, on this. Cliff's like, that. now you're bringing me in uh, for this? Well, because here's what... Okay, so give me your thought, and then I'm, I'm going to share my thought on the Sixers jersey. Uh, <laughs> Cliff, you're talking about the, Cliff, you're talking about the Cliff Reading Terminal. Believe. The Reading Terminal jersey, right? First of all, 
bad the Sixers, jersey. The Sixers, we're not going. We're not going to go in. No, on the we're not Sixers talking like about that, the Sixers right, right now. We rock no, with the no. Sixers. That's our squad. No matter how upset yeah. they can make the fan base or whatever. But my man walked in with the Pat Bev jersey, thinking that that was going to do it. Like, okay, so here's my here's my question. Here's my question. So it it was 22. Okay. Yeah. So I get sent this text. The Phillies tweeted it out, I think, right? That he's wearing the 22 yep. uh, jersey. First of all, I, how does everyone know Pat Bev wears 22? Like, they haven't played a game yet. <laughs> uh, I was like, how do people know Pat Bev wears 22? I'm like, they opened their season on Thursday. They haven't even played yet. It was like, oh, he's wearing yeah. a Pat Bev jersey. I'm like, how the hell do you know who is 22? So that was the first thing I <laughs> Yo, we can't do Pat Bev like that. No, <laughs> I'm not doing him like that. He hasn't played, but he hasn't played a game for them yet. Like how much? He got. He got. Um, yo, he got booted in the preseason game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was not tuning into that. All right, so everybody was tuning he into. Was, he was arguing with Ben Simmons. He got booted in the okay. preseason. Oh, game that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so everyone memorized this number by then that it was 22. All right, so we didn't see the back of this of this jersey, Bryce no. Harper wore. Correct? Okay. No, so I didn't. I'm. See it. I'm so I'm older than you, Cliff. So I looked at this and I literally start, I started Googling like who is 22 on the Sixers. And then I'm seeing all the Pat Bev stuff. And then I'm going, no, 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 you can just wear a, like a Pat Bev jersey. Like that would make no sense. Andrew Tony wore number 22 mm. for the Sixers. Andrew Tony was the Boston Strangler. Andrew Tony, <laughs> I think, scored 34 in a game seven yep. against the Boston Celtics. Yep. I thought, in my, I said, someone show me the back of this jersey. Because are we sure that's not an Andrew Tony jersey? Because it, it would make much more sense. Bryce Harper like thinks about these things. You know, he's very in tune to uh, Philadelphia sports fandom. If you're coming in with an Andrew Tony jersey, now I'm saying, I mean, given the way the game went, I would still advise against it. But <laughs> going into it, I would be like, that's pretty cool. Wear the Andrew Tony jersey uh, to game seven. So to game uh, seven. I don't know. And plus, yeah, like that would have made his sense. Andrew three. Tony got it done in Game Seven. Yeah, his number's three, so it'd be weird if he wore like a three Sixers jersey with his name on the back. Like, wouldn't you feel some type of way because that's an AI jersey? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or is I, don't that, know. I was just confused. It, I mean, look, he came in. He came in with that energy. Andrew Tony jersey, Game Seven vibes. Obviously, the Sixers didn't get it done this past Game Seven, so he's thinking to himself, "All right, I'm gonna come through. T- I'm gonna come through for the city." And Castellanos came through with the. Uh, you saw him with the Jordan jersey on this time, and yeah, yeah he Oof. just that was very Jordan like that performance today, boy. Like yeah. it was just yeah. all it was yeah. just all around bad, man. Like it all just right. the jerseys, the references, trying to hype themselves up. None yeah. of it worked, bro. None of it worked. None, like, none of it worked. All right. it, it, so it just it was it's all painful. Okay. It's all okay. relatively painful. There you go. All right. So we think it was Pat Beth. If anybody has confirmation, Cliff and I'll keep working on it. We'll revisit this uh in the uh in the next episode. All right, thanks, Cliff. I'll close this out uh here with a couple more. Th- I really hope it was saying Andrew Tony, that would make sense. Pat Bev, I'm very confused by. I'm with you, Coach Flynn. If he's wearing a Pat Bev. Reading Terminal Sixers jersey. I think there were probably better options than that. All right. I don't know how much more I've got. Diamondbacks had 10 hits in this game. Nine were singles. It felt like uh, every ball they hit just found space. It was like, wait, why is there no Philly in that area where they're hitting the ball? Meanwhile, Bryce Harper is hitting a couple rockets and they're right at people. So it's, you know what? 
That's why you don't let it get to a game seven because stuff like that can happen in a game seven where the other team has nine singles and the ball is just finding space for them. And the ones you hit, uh, the ball is not finding any space. Uh, Ranger Suarez did his job. Trust that guy. We'll continue to trust that guy. Cousin did his job. That hit, I mean, come on, that's a poke again. That's a poke into right field. Uh, he did his job. Zach Wheeler, man, if they come back to win this game, I'm probably leading the show with Zach Wheeler. Just comes in, short rest, gets it done. I, I mean, that was incredible. We're all going to forget about that. It's a shame, you know, we, we that he, he comes in uh, and pitches like that and really just gives you every, I mean, he really saved them in this series, gave them everything, one and two-thirds innings, does not allow a hit, does not allow a run, one walk, one strikeout, uh, 30 pitches. Um, that guy is just absolute ace, legend, whatever you want to term it. Uh, he came through time after time after time for this baseball team and was not uh, was not rewarded for it. Uh, pitching overall, I, I really, except for that Kimbrel game, I really can't blame the pitching in a big way. I, I think it's the bats way more than the pitching, especially the starting pitching. I mean, what more can you ask for? Nola didn't have a great start in game six, but you know what? Like he had three previous great starts and it was like, you know, they, they, they should have still been in that game uh, if they could score some runs. It's not like he went out after two innings and gave up uh, eight runs or anything like that. He actually battled back a little bit uh, after giving up some runs there. So uh, I, I, I don't know. We'll see if that was Nola's final game uh, as a Philly, but uh, I, I think overall, you know, he came through for them for the most part in the postseason. That game was not great, but that wasn't a game where you're going to be like, oh my God, no, like I, I just ran through all the reasons why they lost. I don't think Aaron Nola's game six performance is on that short list of reasons why they lost this series. All right, listen, I think that's most of what I've got for you. Uh, a sincere thank you. I usually, I don't do this often. I probably should do this more. Hopefully everyone knows it. You know, like, like I said, like I've said before, I don't express a lot of emotion, but uh, thank you to everyone. For listening, these pods have uh, seriously been like a like a career highlight. You know, I usually it kind of I just get to go full fan mode. I get to break out of the normal rhythms of a very long NFL season, uh, and I just get to do something different. I get to get caught up in the excitement, um, and so uh, it was really a lot of fun to do these post game pods after the Phillies wins here in the playoffs. We've made it uh, into the Inquirer. Shout out to the Inquirer who just are you know, quoting the Ringer's Philly special. I don't know how uh, that happened. I guess you have listeners uh, where you're not sure you have listeners there. And it was actually a quote uh, about uh, Johan Rojas. Who did he give? He gave Castellanos the little little smooch there. And how I like to watch others express emotion, but I don't like to express emotion myself. So now that's on the record uh, in, the, in the paper of record in the city of Philadelphia that Shiel Kapadia does not like to express emotion. So that you know that was uh, that was cool to see. I posted that on my Twitter and my Instagram. If anyone wants to see it, uh, so many of you messaging, uh, you know about your CBC levels throughout these games, throughout these playoffs. I mean that was uh, that was hilarious. That was fun. We'll obviously continue that bit uh, next season. But um, just appreciate everyone who has listened or messaged. I wasn't ready for it to be over. I was ready to do those post-game pods after the World Series games. And then again, after the parade. But guess what? It's not happening. I will not be tuning into a minute of the World Series. So nobody talk baseball uh, with me uh, for the rest. I, I really, I have no interest in watching the Diamondbacks play the Texas 
Rangers. Last thing, like I, I struggle to be positive in these moments. A prob- probably a lot of you feel like this has been too positive as it is, and you don't want to hear it right now. I'll just say, listen, overall, it was a likable team. I think they had a championship ceiling for sure. They had a special bond, uh, I think, with the fan base. They were a fun team to get behind. I don't know how I'll remember this group. It'll probably be as a lovable bunch that blew it when and they really had a chance. Like this will be again one of the few teams probably in your lifetime where you can say like I really felt like they were going to do it and they didn't do it. So I don't know. That's just kind of how it is. It can be both those things. It can be a lovable group and a group that came up short uh when they really probably shouldn't have. So uh, it's hard to get this close. Nothing's guaranteed. You have to avoid injuries. You have to get lucky. They bring back most of the team. Uh Nola, Reese Hoskins, we'll see what happens with them. They're free agents. Most of these guys are back. But man, baseball is such a long season. Like I, I do feel for them in that respect where they're just like, you know, you go to spring training in February, you have the whole season, you have the playoffs, you get so close, you get what, one, four, four, five wins away this year after getting two wins away last year. And now it's like you go home and now you're going to have to just do it all again for months at a time just to get back to this point uh, where you were at. This year, so I think that's the hard part, both for the players and you know the people on the team, and then also uh, the fan base. So uh, that is the tough part about seeing it end so soon. All right, let's let's end on that uh, on that depressing note, shall we? All right, thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. We will talk Eagles with Sean tomorrow. We'll start going heavy on the Eagles in the weeks ahead uh, now, now that we got no more Phillies. We'll see what the Sixers do on Thursday night. We'll see if Pat Bev wears a Bryce Harper jersey uh, to the game. Who knows? Maybe he will. Uh, I'll be short. Now, listen, I'll never forget that Pat Beverly's number 22 now uh, after Cliff and I just had that much-needed laugh about that here. So we'll watch the Sixers on Thursday, see what happens. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk Eagles. Talk to you then on the Ringers Philly Special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.